Hi, this is the Reverend Zoe Brown from St. John's Anglican Church in Dolby. You're listening to the sermon on Malachi 4, verses 1 to 6. The Son of Righteousness is rising. Malachi 4, 1 to 6. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you'll trample on the wicked. There will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. You need only turn on the news to be faced with the overwhelming sense that the world is falling apart. Catastrophic bushfires, prolonged drought, civil war, continued injustice and violence towards the vulnerable and the oppressed. If you're anything like me, it becomes all a little bit overwhelming. Sometimes it feels like God has disappeared and the life we live struggles to have meaning. This feeling of despair can permeate every facet of our lives, affecting our physical and spiritual health for weeks, months and even years, to the point where we cannot, as hard as we might try, remember a time when good won. Unfortunately, as overwhelming as these feelings are, this is not a new sensation. This is, in fact, the same sense of overwhelming helplessness that captured the hearts and minds of the Israelites in the time of Malachi. They had survived the Babylonian invasion and subsequent exile and had now returned to Judah, settling and re-establishing themselves for over a hundred years. In the joy of their return, there was the hope of the new covenant, the fulfilment of God's promised Messiah. The temple had been rebuilt, But just as history tends to repeat itself, things were not going well. And this generation of the Israelites was as just, if not more, corrupt than previous generations. Rather than simply forgetting God, they had given up on God. They felt it was pointless and that there was nothing to be gained from faithfulness in the Lord. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament canon, closing out the prophetic texts. The book is designed as a series of disputes where God accuses Israel. Israel, in its arrogance, tries to refute God's accusation. And then God has the last word, exposing their suspicion, their neglect, faithlessness and idolatry. And Malachi is the last prophet to speak to the Israelites before 400 years of silence from God. Talk about never-ending sense of helplessness. But while it might be easy throughout this book and in our lives now to feel disheartened by what is happening around us, the passage we have in front of us today is a beautiful exhortation and reminder 
that despite how it seems, evil will not win because the sun of righteousness will rise. And what we must do in the meantime is to hold fast and to remember the promise while we wait for the king. Look with me at Malachi chapter 4 verse 1. Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. We see in this verse, as many times in the Old Testament, some incredibly confronting imagery. God makes clear to the Israelites that a day is coming when it will burn like a furnace, and possibly nothing will remain. The constant images of the horrendous bushfires this week come quickly to mind when you think of a burning furnace. And just as a bushfire destroys all that comes across its path, so too it seems like God will as he brings justice and judgment. Now, it might seem politically incorrect, even unfair, to talk about God bringing justice to evil. On the one hand, We all want to see an end to evil and suffering. But on the other hand, are we willing to actually let someone do it? Who is God to decide what shall be refined through fire and what shall remain? But this is exactly the point. It's God. This isn't just a judge or a principal or some disciplinarian who's passing judgment and swayed by their own prejudices. This is God, the creator of the universe, the God who desires so deeply to be in relationship with us that he wishes to wipe evil from the face of the earth. He doesn't like evil. He abhors it. He doesn't like what it does to his creation. And while we may feel overwhelmed by the injustice and wrongdoing that exists in the world, This is God who can do something about it. And what he's saying here is that he can and will take all the wrong, the suffering, the injustice, and render it to nothing. It shall be like stubble, burnt up and powerless in the face of God's righteousness. It's a scary warning, absolutely. However, the reason that Malachi shares this warning is not to breed fear and hatred in God's people, but it's to spur them into repentance and reformation. Evil will not win because of God's love for us. Because God loves us, he will intercede in this world for us and will remove all that causes suffering and pain. Now, when we think of the damage that a bushfire causes, it seems cruel, almost violent in its blind destruction. But a bushfire has no will, no capacity to discern good from bad. And its destruction isn't an act of justice. It's simply an act of nature. In contrast, God's warning of judgment is in response to sin, to evil, to wrongdoing. And God alone is righteous. 
So while a bushfire can burn like a furnace that has no parameters, no end, and it wreaks havoc everywhere, the warning we hear from Malachi has a purpose. While it's confronting in its honesty, it's not designed to decimate or wreak havoc without reason. But in fact, it's designed to give the chance for renewal. There's been much discussion this week about the use of Indigenous fire fire management practices in the wake of the bushfire season. The logic of burning away that which is most dangerous, that which gives most fuel to the fire, to allow regeneration and growth. One option is that you don't do this and the fire starts and it decimates the land. The other option is that you do this burning and get rid of what is unnecessary, what is dangerous, and the land can survive. Not only can it survive, it can rejuvenate. So too here we see that Malachi's warning to the Israelites is not because God is a malevolent deity who wants to inflict pain or to decimate the world that he has made. But rather, he's warning the land of Israel to remove the fuel, the sin from their lives, so that they may be rejuvenated, that they may continue, that they may be healed. How does this happen? By the Son of Righteousness. So let's look at verses 2 and 3. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord God Almighty. The sun was used in ancient religions as a symbol of gods and deities, and it was most often connected in bringing about justice. And this is the only time in the Bible that the term son of righteousness occurs. So it invokes this incredible image of a rising sun with rays of wings of healing. I've been walking in the mornings recently and one of the things I love about Dolby is that thanks to the landscape, you can always see the sun. Its rays permeate the morning skyline. And despite the drought... Despite the heat, it's the sun that brings us life on earth. For food, for plants, for the seasons, the sun is always there and nothing can block it out. So while we've been confronted by the frightening image of the furnace, suddenly we have a sun whose rays are not of heat or pain, but are of healing. And these rays permeate the wounds which the sins of oppression and injustice have inflicted. Yet unlike other ancient deities, this son of righteousness was no mere symbol to be revered. Malachi's prophecy is alluded to in Luke 1 verse 78 when Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, proclaims the coming of the Messiah. This is the son, S-O-N, of righteousness. The son of the living and righteous God. This is Jesus, 
the Messiah. And we see in this passage that just as the physical sun brings light and life to creation, so too does Jesus the Son bring light and life to God's creation. He brings light where there is darkness so that we can 